Welcome to Central Valley Volley Talk, a podcast for all volley in the valley with your hosts, Kelsey Montagna and Kieran Robley, serving it up for you. And welcome back to Central Valley Volley Talk with your hosts, Kelsey Montagna and Kieran Robley. Uh, we're going to start off with some college and university uh, recaps and mm-hmm. previews, and then we'll head into our, our high school playoff bracket. Yeah. But we'll, we'll start off with the good, with our our, uh, our colleges. Uh, Fresno Pacific is holding steady. They're tied for second in the Pac West with Point Loma. Mm-hmm. Chaminade's leading uh, the conference right now, but they're only one game behind. Uh, they beat Academy of the Arts 3 0. Mm-hmm. Uh, first two sets were pretty tight. But uh, it's always good when you can go on the road and get a 3-0 win, for yeah. sure. And uh, they're going to head down and play Concordia and Point Loma this next week. So it's going to be a big week for them mm-hmm. and probably see where they can pan out. And hopefully they can keep a push there and, and uh, beat Concordia on the road and yeah. uh, get that, uh, you know, take that step ahead of Point Loma going into the uh, last few weeks of conference play. Definitely. Yeah. Houston, you said, headed to Arizona. Uh, but they dropped all three matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to Park, Benedictine, and Embry-Riddle. They did take uh, Embry-Riddle to four. And uh, some pretty close sets. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. We're talking about this. It's yeah. like, there's been some, oh, hey, so-and-so lost in three. <laughs> you know, it's like, but when you look at the scores, they're like 26-24. Yeah, by two. 27-25, you know, and then maybe a 22 in there. I mean, mm-hmm. they've all been close, and so teams have – been really fortunate to find ways to finish and then teams are trying to figure out how to finish but we're seeing a lot of that this year is that I think teams need to prepare for Mm -hmm. those being 20 20 plus and how can you win that five point yeah you know yeah we see it everywhere (laughs) we do so at all (laughs) levels for sure uh they have Simpson and uh Pacific Union this week yeah uh, Cal State uh, Bakersfield headed down south, and uh, they dropped to Long Beach in three, and uh, Cal State Fullerton in four. They're going to host uh, UC Santa Barbara and CSUN this next week. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is, is leading the, the Big West, but uh, UCSB, Cal Poly, and Long Beach are all tied for second. A very and, tough conference. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch uh, the matches in the yeah. conference for sure. Uh, Fresno State, the Bulldogs, did uh, they went on the road. Uh, they did drop to Wyoming and Colorado State. They did go four with Colorado State. And mm-hmm. once again, we're seeing them. Fresno State, you know, even though their overall win-loss uh, record um, is is not great, uh, but they're they're in all these tight sets. Yeah. And they we just got to close. Yeah, very, <laughs> very tight. So, Maybe we got they got some home matches this week. Yeah, see a little swing and be ready to to get it. They got uh, Utah State and Boise State coming up. Ooh, two good ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mountain West in that conference, UNLV is in first place with mm-hmm. Colorado State and San Jose State right behind them. So yeah. we're gonna keep cheering for our dogs, uh, and uh, they can get get a get a W here in the conference yeah. play. Definitely, good luck. Yeah. And Helen, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say high school. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. high school. I mean, we were fortunate to catch a few matches, but um, we'll start with Division Six and working our way up. So we have West and Corcoran, and then we have Lone Pine against Fraser Mountain. Yeah, and I on think Tuesday you'll look at uh, West from Bakersfield mm-hmm. and how they came in as the nine seed. Yep, and have worked their way to the semis. I I like 
I like that matchup with Corcoran and West. I think, I think, uh, you know, if I was going to take a team in that one, I might take Corcoran, mm-hmm. um, but might be rooting for the nine seed. I know. I might yeah. take the West okay. on this one right. just due to the fact of them coming in nine and taking down the one seed and kind of maybe hitting that high streak towards yeah. the end of season when you, when you want it most. So, well, they've been uh, on the road winning. I mean, yeah. they were the nine in the first round and, and they've won the last two on the road. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, between you and I, who gets that win? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'll be honest, I don't uh, know much about Lone Pine or, or Fraser Mountain. Um, Fraser Mountain traditionally has been strong, and so is Lone Pine. So let's see if they uh, have a b- big battle here. Yeah, it should be a battle. I mean, that's the three and the two seeds. So um, you would hope that it would be a battle regardless um, of who's usually typically the, the better team. So... Uh, but moving into Division 5, we have McFarlane against Washington Union. And we have Minarets um, against Farmsville. Yeah. And I know we were talking about this before, the Minaret matchup. Yeah, I think I, I, I kind of like Minarets Road yeah. to it. And I like Washington Union also. Mm-hmm. Um, I might take both the uh, both the unders on uh, in this round for fi- in Division 5, see if Washington Union can – can roll at McFarland and then uh, at uh, Minarets at Farmersville. See if uh, they can get it. It's a little bit of a drive there for Minarets coming down the mm-hmm. coming down the hill, but uh, hopefully, uh, it'll be a good match. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. A whole round on Thursday, everyone one and three. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting as it progresses in the season or in the playoffs if people are able to push each other and how they react because so far, all four of those teams been pretty much in three or four so it will be interesting but moving on to division four um, we have Justin Garza and Hanford and then we have Fresno Christian and Tehachapi at the bottom of the bracket so okay let's remember that I did call (laughs) Tehachapi you did (laughs) in that round you Um, you definitely did and I have uh I've seen Fresno Christian play Mm -hmm. they they have a presence um on on at the net so could be a really good matchup. Yeah. But 315 matchup. Ooh. So Tehachapi's got a little bit of a drive to coming into Fresno. Yeah. But uh, like you said, let's see if it can go the distance. Yeah, I think that Justin Garza and Hanford yep. match is going to be intense. Yep. I think uh I think I did call Garza in the first round. You did. Um and but we didn't have a chance to meet up again, but they they went all the way to Mammoth and and got the dub. So Long drive and then took it in four. So they got some momentum going. Yeah. I like how that one looks. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And then moving on to division three, Kingsburg versus Yosemite. And then mission prep versus San Inez. Yep. San Inez and mission prep. I'm, you know, I don't know what they, what their matchups have looked like this season. Um, So if we look at Kingsburg and Yosemite, I think, Yosemite's going to give Kingsburg a good push. Mm-hmm. Um, Yosemite, their preseason played some very high-level teams, yep, and so that, I think yeah. that's helped prepare them for playoffs. Uh, Kingsburg's played in a very tough conference, so mm-hmm. they've seen some high-level teams. I think that might be kind of the one of the matches of of the week. Yeah, it's going to sure. be interesting. Hopefully, a battle and um, between those two and. Yeah, I think I think both teams are highly prepared for that pressure situation on the line type of match, and and they're about to face it against yeah. each other. So yeah. that's going to be a good one. Uh, Division two, we have Buchanan 
versus Sanger and Central Valley Christian versus Centennial. Two well, very good matches. Yeah. I mean, you look at Centennial. And, you know, they got to play uh, Frontier. I think, uh, you know, Frontier and Centennial probably didn't think that they were going to see each other yeah. in the uh, in the round of uh, eight there. But, uh, they you know, Centennial won on the road. They got to have a home match. Uh, and I think they have a lot of momentum going mm-hmm. right now for them. Yeah. We got to see uh, Sanger and Hoover play we did. earlier this week. Yeah. Hoover came in and... And they have a couple really good pin hitters mm-hmm. uh, that gave them a battle. And yeah. What I liked about it is it's playoffs now, and so everybody everybody gets everybody's best. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could see on the service line they're going back there trying to just serve Singer off the court just to stop their offense, and and it seemed to be working right there in that second set we watched. So Singer is going to have to do that to be Cannon. Yeah, I think uh, the key. The matchups right there, you know, Buchanan and Sanger. I think if, like you said, if Sanger uh, can kind of uh, keep Buchanan out of system, mm-hmm. Buchanan has some really good ball control, and Sanger has some very good ball yes. control. Yeah, uh, they do. They got both have some good players in, in the jersey um, to help them. Yeah, um, and then if uh, you know Buchanan can probably offset Sanger's middle attack, mm-hmm. it'll probably work in their favor. Yeah, but uh, Sanger's on a nice little roll. They had a lot of momentum after. You know, beating Memorial for the conference championship and should be a good semifinal match. Yeah, the biggest thing is serves or receive in that game, I think. And if Singer can slow down Buchanan's outsides. Yeah. So, Division One. Yeah. And we were able to see some of those matches as well. You got to see, uh, you got to see West and San Luis. I did. And that was a great match. Um, It could have went either way. you know, I was texting you, and I was like, it's 14-14, 17-14, 17-17, 21-17. Oh, it's a switch, 25-21. You know, it was so close. Um, either team would go on a three-point run, and then the other one would catch up and then take off. And then it was a battle back and forth um, between both teams. Later in the match, slow serve-receive is what broke down. Both really good pens. Um, good setters, scramble defensively, worked hard, served hard. But the serve-receive is what really put slow on their heels where they couldn't efficiently run their middles. Um, and then um, with Goodrich on the right for West, just really capitalizing, slowing down, slows really good outside. So it was the right moment, um, right rotations for uh, West to kind of have – against um that final push yeah. in the eagle's nest yeah it's always tough yeah. tough place to play so it's like the thing is san Luis doesn't know how hard it is to play in the eagle's nest so they came in rare and ready to oh play. yeah they they were they were pretty focused and um i thought west did a good job at attacking their right side so yeah. um and they were it was really hard for slow to kind of get a defensive play and right back so they did uh, i'm sure uh Geruder had a great game plan against them and, and they attacked it that's what Wes is known for is having a pretty good game plan against people so yeah I got to see uh East and Clovis mm-hmm. play um you know they've played multiple times this season <laughs> but I liked uh coach uh, Lake kind of uh changed up uh the look a little bit for mm-hmm. his team and I liked it I like uh some of the decisions that he had made to give uh, Clovis East a different uh look of, yeah. of what the Cougars were about um East was solid from the service line. 
And uh, I think that was one of the keys. And they played some really good defense. And just, you know, they found the court. They mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of unforced errors. And I think that's really, they just kind of um, had a good handle of the match because yeah. they were earning points and, and finding ways to be successful. So, yeah. But that's, okay, so East and West coming up. Yeah. That's. Split. Ooh. Yeah. I don't. It, it, it's going to be a packed house. Yeah. We're going to have to toss a coin to see who goes to that match. I know. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I just can't wait to see uh, how, how that one plays out because it'll be some good volleyball. Oh, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. And then we have Liberty at Clovis North. And, and Liberty went to North once mm-hmm. and uh, North got him. Yeah, that yeah. was the hard driven challenge, correct? No, it was oh, just it was, right it was just a it was just a single match. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was before the Clovis Invitational yeah. Tournament, and it was early in the season. Yeah. So what I I think what we're gonna like is we're gonna see new teams that are prepared oh, for yeah. playoffs. Oh yeah. Um, both have you know well, improved tremendously as you would hope as you're preparing teams. Yeah. Well, I and, and I think you made the analogy one of our first podcasts, and it was the beginning of. High school season was the puppy analogy of you just let them go out there and and see what you know. Oh yeah, they got to swim. Throw them, uh, yeah, throw them right. in the pool, and and that was kind of how everyone was. And now it's they've completely formed into their you know they know who they swim. are. They know how to swim. They know how to do a full breaststroke. You know they are they are swimming now for gold. So um, it's going to be interesting that matchup to see it how how much or how different it looks now compared to at the beginning of season. And I think, you know, all the teams that are in these uh, semifinal matches now is, you know, as you prepare and get your your strengths better, do you have time to prepare tactically for your mm-hmm. opponent? And if you are in some good flow, being able to, you know, implement a game plan yeah. against your your opponent, and I think that's going to be a key in who we see that makes it to the championships mm-hmm. on Thursday. Well, the next time we get together for Central Valley Volley Talk, there will be a champion. Well, multiple champions. Multiple. At, at different divisions. But it will be interesting to see how this next week plays out, and I'm really excited to see the level of play. Um, you know, I, I think the goal last week, what I said was, like, really tight matches and some upsets, and I think we had those. So – you know, let's let's see how it goes this next week. Yeah. Well, it's looking going. forward to it. Yeah. Well, and next up we have um, our sit down kind of chat with uh, Coach Sam Hilvers. We were fortunate enough to have her last week as a guest host, um, so we're able to sit down with her and and get to know her a little bit more on her coaching career and playing career. So hope you enjoy. Right, we'd like to welcome back uh, Coach Sam Hilvers uh, for a little uh, interview. Learn a little bit yeah. more about her and her background. Uh, just a starting base for everybody. She is a graduate of Central Valley Christian, um, where she won two section titles as a player, played outside hitter. She played for Coach Rhonda DeRuder, our yep. current Clovis West coach. Um, we won't say we won't ask what year you graduated from high school. It's okay. Or well, you can say it. I'll I'll give a heads up that okay. my senior year was Rhonda's last year at Clovis okay. or at CBC. So her first okay. year at Clovis West was after I graduated. So okay. we'll just we'll put that and leave it there. <laughs> and <laughs> then, 
second episode with her, they'll know. But. Yeah. <laughs> then you went on and, and uh, played outside hitter at Westmont College. Yep. Um, after graduating, you uh, got to coach under Coach DeRuder at Clovis West, um, part of her staff for a yep. few years. And then Exeter came calling. Yeah. And you've been there since. Won a couple section championships in 17 and 18. Southern Regional Champions. It's big time. And then you've uh, been also the California Volleyball Coach of the Year. So congratulations Thank to you. your teams and yes. to you for all your investment. And we're happy to have you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, thanks, Coach, for coming on again. And um, we'll start off with what was your hook to volleyball? Or why volleyball? Your, uh, your drive. <laughs> so, I mean, like most you know, student athletes, especially when you're in junior high, you play a little bit of everything, right? And um, I learned very quickly that basketball is not my sport. I'm way too aggressive for it. Um, you know, normally you tell a little kid, like, you know, especially girls, like, hey, I need you to be more aggressive. Like, it's okay to get a foul. And for me, the coaches were like, Sam, don't foul out of games. Like, back off a little bit type thing. So um, learned real quick that basketball wasn't for me. Um, and really just, you know, fell in love with the volleyball and soccer and um, so kind of stayed and focused on that. Um, it wasn't until my freshman year when um, Coach Debbie approached me and was like, hey, like, I, I think you need to play club. Like, I, th I think this is going to be a game changer for you. Like, you, you have athletic ability, but you just haven't learned the game yet. Um, and so that for me was, you know, the hook was, you know, playing club and um, actually seeing like the pieces click mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's why, you know, that works or this is what I have to do to do that. Um, you know, it definitely was not a sport that came easy to me. Um, I had to work at it. And so, you know, that satisfaction of being able to accomplish hitting a slide, um, or, you know, ma mastering my jump serve or whatever it might've been, um, was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. it, it brought joy to it. Um, so even though I'm, you know, I'm short, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little on the short side at five, eight. Um, I, I looked at everybody else on the team and I was like, nobody wants to play middle. Why does nobody want to play middle? Like, what's so wrong with this? And I'm like, dude, if, if me playing middle means I'm on the court, right. I'm going to yeah. do it. Yep. And so I actually played middle all through high school. Um, and this was prior to the libero rule. So, um, I played all the way around mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and so just being, having that, you know, challenge of, you know, being offensive at the net, being, you know, defensive at the net blocking, defensive on the backcourt, like, I had a lot to work on. Um, and so it was just a lot of fun to me. It, it, you know, didn't just happen overnight, so. Yeah. I laugh because you're talking to a room full of probably five, eight people. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been there. We yep. felt that. One of us is getting much older and, and getting shorter, so. <laughs> me? I I guess, have you always known you wanted to coach or was that something that just, you know, aligned at the right moment? No, you know, I've always had um, an enjoyment of it. Um, the first team that I actually ever coached was a city league team my senior year. Um, my sister was on it and it was some of her friends and one of the moms was like, hey, I'll, I'll be the coach of record, but I don't know how to teach them how to play volleyball. Do you want to come do it? And I was like, Heck yeah, I'll do it. So, um, so I coached a city league team and that kind of got, you know, the bug going for it. Um, you know, and then 
I had Coach DeRuder as a teacher too. I was actually her TA my senior year. Um, and so we got, we got to talk a lot of volleyball in the downtime. Um, but, you know, seeing her being able to teach history, coach, you know, have time for family and that, I was like, oh, this isn't a bad gig. Like, I can do that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, fast forward however many years and here I am a history teacher coaching volleyball and, you know, enjoying it. So do you take a lot of, uh, lessons like across the curriculum? Like, do you take history lessons and be able to apply it to your coaching and your interpersonal communication with your athletes of storytelling? Um, I feel like I don't reference history a lot <laughs> in coaching. Um, I feel like I reference math a lot which is really funny because we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. angles and, you know, the physics of it and stuff like that. Um, You know, I guess maybe I was referring to, you know, like great leaders, you know, when you talk to the team about maybe team culture or things where there's historical, um, I I just, I know that there's a large percentage of coaches that also are history teachers. My dad was a history teacher who was a coach too. And I knew that he would apply like history lessons with his, his baseball and football yeah. teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I or feel no. like I, I yeah. feel like no, not really. I okay. feel like I do just like you know a lot of conflict resolution at times, <laughs> depending on the team. Haven't had to do that a lot the last couple of years, thankfully. Um, yeah, knock on wood. Um, but you know, it's more so like I feel like, especially with our gener- like the generation that we're coaching now, getting them off the cell phone and understanding like how to talk to somebody in person um, and understand having them understand that hey, like I can actually see your facial expression. I, your facial expression is not matching the words coming out of your mouth, like type thing. Um, you know, so it's a lot of that more self-awareness that I feel like we do a lot of. Um, but no, as much as I love to sit there and say, you know, Winston Churchill gave this great (laughs) speech, you know, to Britain in World War II, like, no, we, we, you know, you say that today and one of these days, you're going to have to say, Robley, you know what? We talked about that. Yeah. So if you talk about, you know, one of the things we were going to ask you is like, what is maybe one of the more challenging skill sets that you find as a coach, but maybe it is the skill of interpersonal communications. Maybe it's not an actual volleyball skill. Yeah, no, you know, and it's one of those things that um, I feel like everybody wants to sit there and say that they're a leader um, on the court. And a lot of times girls don't really understand what it means to be a leader. Um, And it's not just being somebody who everybody likes or, you know, that everybody, you know, might respect. It's, you know, hey, can you get your teammates to rally behind you and march into battle knowing full well that we might be, you know, David in this fight type thing. See, you're mm-hmm. referencing history right now. <laughs> it's okay. There but, you go. <laughs> yeah, come on, but, okay, fair enough. But, but, I mean, you know, so it's, you know, it's trying to get them to understand that it's not just like, you know, who has the most school spirit? Like that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not always a leader. And sometimes, you know, being a leader is saying the hard and unpopular thing or doing the hard and unpopular thing or holding a teammate accountable, even though it's um, not always comfortable. Like girls don't like to call each other out, like contrary to public popular opinion, like they really don't like to. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially because they're so afraid that their team is going to turn around, well, you do the same thing. And it's like, well, um, yeah, but, you know, I don't do it as much or whatever it might be, <laughs> right? So um, so I feel like that's been a big thing of just trying to, you know, help raise these girls to, to stand on their own two feet, stand behind their decisions, um, and then but be able to also communicate 
the reasons why. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do we're talking about something that's pretty challenging, I think, across the board for coaches in general. Do you think that's also a joy for you to see the transition of student athletes or a joy for you in general? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's fun watching, you know, these girls come in as freshmen and being quiet and not knowing um, really where they are in the pecking order of things um, and watching them grow and develop, not just in, you know, their volleyball skills, but in, you know, in their confidence and how they conduct themselves. Um, you know, I, great example, I have a freshman on the team this year. Um, she's been a huge contributor to you know, towards the team. And, you know, in the beginning there was, um, in a group chat, there was a conversation and somebody had said like, shut up freshman. And she messaged me on the side and she was like, coach, why do they talk down to freshmen? And I was like, well, you're kind of the annoying little sister and you got to earn your keep. Like, you know, I, you know, it's not, it's not that they're trying to be mean to you. It's just, you know, a rite of passage. Like you, you gotta, you gotta just kind of earn your place in the pack Mm -hmm. type thing. And, um, you know, so I could kind of tell at first that it was really like wearing on her. And when she would step on the court, she was very, um, self-conscious about what she was doing because, you know, she's the freshman and she's got to, you know, she's got to earn the respect of the, you know, the seniors and the juniors. And, um, you know, it wasn't until we made some lineup changes, put her in a different position and she, you know, started to really step up and contribute to the team in a big way that, you know, some of the upperclassmen saw like, Hey, she's a key competitor. Like she's key to our success. And they kind of started to bring her, you know, more into the fold that she started to feel more accepted. And now that she's feeling accepted with the team, she is excelling exponentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's, you know, a little thing like that, taking a freshman who doesn't know where she really stands in the line and doesn't really understand why she's being put in this position to being like, okay, now I'm a part of it. I, I get it. I, I understand that to me, that's fun. That's fun to watch them grow. It'll be um, even more so when she's a senior. Right. And how she will respond and the acceptance of the freshman exactly. because of what mm-hmm. she just experienced. Yeah. And that's how you and me are. Uh, you've had some amazing seasons, some amazing teams. Uh, you've had ex- extensive uh, opportunities to get teams to the section championships and yeah. past. Uh, how do you prepare, you know, going into playoffs? Is it anything changing as the, as the season has evolved, how the team has evolved, your past experience being in playoffs and championship settings. Um, how do you, how do you get them ready? Um, well, I think first we focus on, um, just maintaining what we, what we've been doing well all season, right. You know, um, focus on that serve and pass game, the game within the game, right. Everybody always talks about it. Um, you know, making sure that we can control our controllables. Um, you know, is the first thing that I focus on. Um, we do do some research on other teams, you know, kind of figure out like, hey, this is a key hitter. Um, you know, our big question is, can they turn line? Can they, you know, do the middles have a tell? Does a setter have a tell? We kind of look for stuff like that. What is their defense? Where are their weaknesses? And then we just try and adapt it to what our strengths are already. Um, definitely don't try and reinvent the wheel. That's at this point in time in the game. Just try and refrain or er, refine what we're already doing, um, but really focus on controlling our side of the net, I think is the biggest thing because emotions come into play and people tend to put weight on the game more than what needs to be on the game. Um, and so just getting them to understand, hey, it's, a, it's another game. It's just another game. Just walk in, handle business, walk out. Yeah. 
not overloading them with too much information about the opponent because that's going to be process it. No, and you can't <laughs> if if you're not doing what you're doing on your side, right? Yeah, it's it's not going to help too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, with it. Um, well, we look forward to following the team for sure. You've uh, you've had the opportunity in your I will say short period of time as yeah. a head coach, but you've had some outstanding uh, players that have come through. Um, your program. How has it been fun to watch them evolve at the next level? You've had some some that have gone on. We talked about Corinne earlier uh, last week. Yep. Um, yeah, are there any uh, outstanding ones that you could think of that have gone on? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've got quite a few. You know, a lot have played a lot, you know, finished great careers. Um, you know, Olivia Hardin, you know, settled in at UC Merced, had a really great career there. Um, you know, I've had the set of sisters pass through your guys' program at Fresno City, um, being the Kirkman sisters. Lexi's taken full advantage of her fifth year um, eligibility due to COVID up at Mount Marty in South Dakota, and um, she's having a great season. Um, KK's at FPU with Corinne. Um, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun watching them play, um, following them along, and um, just watching them like fully develop because I know, you know, as a high school coach, it's like, okay, I can get you to X point. Okay. Now I'm going to pass you on to the next coach. Let's see where they can grow you. And then, okay, now they got you to this point now. Okay. Now let's see where you go to with the next coach. And everybody brings a different style and flavor to their coaching. And so how does this kid, you know, develop and foster and grow under that coach? And so, um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun watching them all grow and succeed. And just grow as, as, as women, right? Oh, I, yeah. I'm going to guess that you've had a couple over the course of your time that have come back and said, I'm sorry, coach. That I was, <laughs> I was so so difficult. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Oh, not yet. Okay. Not those right. yet. Not, not yet. <laughs> so, no, they but, so they weren't difficult. That's no, but, yeah. but I do. I love, um, I love when former athletes come in the gym and just be like, mm-hmm man, I miss it. I'm, I miss, yeah. I miss this atmosphere. Um, I had, uh, an alumni come in. She surprised me. I wasn't expecting her to, to be at the game. And she was like, no, I'm home. You know, I'm moving back, you know, down South, but I was home and I saw on your Instagram that you guys posted that you had a home game. And she's like, I like, I just wanted to come watch. Like, I miss it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why can't you stay and live? Cause I need more coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I really, I really need more coaches, but, um, but so it's fun to have them come back in the gym and, um, you know, just hang out and talk and just see where life is going for them. So, yeah. And we're talking about memories and experiences, but can you share with us maybe a shareable coachable moment that's, you know, left an impression on you or maybe your team? Yeah. Um, I have to say 2000, 2018 section finals, we we're playing El Diamante, um, I had most of my team back from the 17 finals and these girls were like quaking in their shoes pretty much. And we ended up losing the first set. And I looked at them and I was like, you guys, you have been here before you have experienced this before. Why are you freaking out? Like I expect these type of nerves from LD LD hasn't been in a section final in a while. You, this is for some of you guys, this is the third year in a row. You guys are playing in a section final. What is going on? Like, calm down. You are fine. It is another game. Take the pressure off of it. Focus on what we can handle and what we can control and go play the way you guys know how to play. And like, it was just that taking that burden off of them. They felt so much pressure that they had to, you know, perform a certain way or, you know, do a certain thing. And then when 
things weren't going their way. They just went, you know, threw their hands up and panicked. And I'm like, stop it. Like, just stop. Relax. Take a breath. You're okay. Now go back on the court and play the way that you know how to play, and you'll be fine. And they did. I mean, it ended up being a five-set thriller. Um, you know, what time did we – I don't it think was, we got out of the court or the gym until, like, 9.30. It was, it was a long day. <laughs> yeah, your match started late, and then, yeah. yeah Finished even later. It was, a, it was an excellent match, though, yeah, to watch. I do, re- I do recall. I don't remember much over the years, but I remember top-quality high school matches for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it was just it was just that that moment of, like, you don't need to make the moment bigger than what it already is. Mm-hmm. Just play within your bounds, control your side of the net, and you're fine. So. Yeah, well, I think you're, you're a big influence to your players, but is there anyone maybe that has influenced you in your coaching career? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love to learn from great coaches. I think I was blessed being able to play for DeRuiter mm-hmm. and for um, Debbie for the years that I was at CBC. Um, you know, and then being able to get into, you know, the Clovis West gym and starting my coaching career there, um, you know, and that was during the time that Bob McCarthy was still there. And um, I know when I listened to Coach Streeter's interview, she talked about, you know, how Bob would give her the scouting plan of like, well, if I was playing against you guys, this is how I would, you know, beat mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And he did the same exact thing with me. I would, you know, sitting on this, on the end of the bench and he'd be like, okay, how, how would you beat us? And, you know, kind of forming my thought process of, like, you know, how do you attack teams? Um, you know, I, in college, love playing for Coach Smoot, um, Jim Smoot out in Westmont. I'm, but, you know, at the same time, there were things that I learned that were struggles not to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I learned how valuable communicating with your athletes was, um, you know, especially when you're doing something a little bit outside the box, Um he and I used to play a game that I called, what position is Sam going to play today? Um, because essentially in my collegiate career, I stepped on the court in every position but libero and setter. Um, so when it came time to practice, it was like, you know, oh, just play middle or just play right side or just play outside. And I'm like, you know, and then he tells me, well, you know, you're, I just don't feel like you're ready to step on the court. And I looked at him and I was like, but you're not giving me an opportunity to get good at one position. Like, like, give me a chance to get good at one position before you add on the next one so that way I can at least be ready, court ready, in that one position. Um, and so I learned through that that, you know, hey, you got to communicate with these kids. You have to tell them, you know, hey, this is where I need you at this year, but next year I'm going to need you here. Or I need you here for this match, but next match, you know, we might be moving you around type thing. Um, so, and then – so. That was valuable, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was Absolutely. hard. It was hard it wasn't, for me as a player. I was gonna say, as a player, extremely hard. But as a future coach, extremely valuable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then through club, you know, getting to hang out with a lot of pretty phenomenal club coaches. I still talk about when um, so, our 15s and 18s team went to Spokane. Um, and talking about, you know, post-match stuff and celebrating you guys getting your, your junior Olympics bid there. Um, yeah, it's always fun to do, uh, just coaches chats at the dinner table. Like I said, you know, when you're moving the sugar packets around and the, and the knives and the salt shakers and diagram and stuff, (laughs) that's fun stuff. And just, you know, and just getting different, you know, coaching philosophy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, coaching when I moved back down to Tulare County and I started coaching club down there, um, I was coaching for a club organization that's actually based out of Southern California and, um, their main, um, 
coaching trainer was Bob Crowell, who um, might not be known, but he actually was Misty May's first club coach. And um, so being able to sit and talk to Bob and pick his brain about, you know, how do you approach this? And, you know, he loves to argue and say, we don't teach beginner volleyball. Like we really don't teach. They, we automatically just jump them in and throw them into, you know, teaching them like they're a junior high or high school kid. Like we don't actually teach junior volleyball of get the ball up, get it to the right, set the ball up to the left and then get the ball over right? We don't always teach that. Um, you know, so that's, that's perfect volleyball. There is no perfect. Right. But you know, and a lot of times though, you'll, you'll go and watch some of these, you know, junior high or lower level club teams. And they're like, they have the setter in the middle because they can't get the ball to the right side of the court to be able to pass it over. Um, you know, so kind of hearing different people's Mm -hmm. points of view on it, Mm -hmm. um, and being able to sit there and pick his brain on it too is always fun. So, yeah. Well, this has been a, a nice chat, Coach. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, we'll have you back. You know, you're like one of us. You just like talking volleyball. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a volleyball nerd. It's awful. <laughs> we like volleyball nerds. Yeah. That's this why is we're for doing volleyball this. junkies. Yeah. Right. Oh, trust <laughs> me. Well, last week we uh, asked you for a little playlist from one of your teams, and you yep. shared one with us. A little p- pitch perfect. Um, but maybe you have one. What's on your playlist that maybe when you were a player that you could share share with us? Yeah, so um, during my time at Westmont, uh, we always had Don't Stop Believing by Journey on the playlist. And I, at first I was like, why? Like, this is not a pump-up song whatsoever. <laughs> but, you know, eventually it grew on me. And now every time I hear it, I always think about, you know, warming up for game days in that gym. So brings back good memories. Yeah. yeah.